Today on Feeding My Faith, is the Bible a credible source? Welcome to Feeding My Faith. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. This is where we come to make God simple. Religion has all sorts of weird and wacky traditions that that have, have skewed actual worship. So we are here to just take a time to to focus on God and make God simple. Our website is feedingmyfaith.com. You can email me, dave at feedingmyfaith.com, or leave a comment out on our website, feedingmyfaith.com. Is the Bible credible? Coming up right after this. Hey, being that this is a new podcast, you probably don't know this, but I actually met my wife online. Why? Because I heard a sermon where the pastor said, you know, Peter had the faith to get out of the boat. And many of us are going through life in the boat. We don't have the faith in God to take care of us. And that may become the situation with you if you're looking for a relationship. Look, I know there are a lot of people out there that do not share the same values that you do. And one of the ways that you can eliminate that headache is by going to a Christian dating site. For more information, go to feedingmyfaith.com forward slash date. Quit putting off finding the love of your life. It's It can happen. I did it. I've done it. I've got the wife to prove it. Feedingmyfaith.com forward slash date. All right, many people point out you know, that the Bible can't be credible because it has discrepancies. It contradicts itself. And because there are contradictions in the Bible, it can't be viewed as a credible source. So let's look at a few of these. Uh, Here's one. Um, It says, what was written above the head of Jesus when he was crucified? If you look at Matthew 27, 37, it says, this is the king of the Jews. Now, Mark 15, 26 says, the king of the Jews. Luke 23, 38 says, this is the king of the Jews. John 19, 19 says, Jesus of, Na- Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Now, if it actually said, this is Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews, then they would all be correct. We need to keep in mind that according to John nineteen twenty, the sign was written in three different languages. It's not like the writing said, it only said, king of the Jews. Here's another one. How many angels were at Jesus' tomb after the resurrection? Matthew 28, 2 mentions one angel. Mark 16, 5 says there was a young man in the tomb. Luke 24, 4 mentions two men clothed in dazzling robes. Here's another one. How many blind men greeted Jesus outside of Jericho? Matthew 20, 30 says two, neither is named. Mark mentions one named Bartimaeus. I believe that's how you pronounce that. I am horrible at Bible names. That's going to be fun with this podcast. Uh, Here's another one. How many demon-possessed men did Jesus meet in the region of, uh, here we go, Gadarenes? Matthew 8, 28 says Jesus met two. Mark 5, 2 mentions one. How many donkeys did Jesus ride on as he entered Jerusalem? Well, Matthew 21, 7 mentions two, a donkey and a colt. Mark Mark 11, 7, and Luke 19, 35 only mention one, a colt. Speaking of that, Zechariah 9.9 mentions both a donkey and a colt. Therefore, that supports Matthew, but it does seem to contradict Mark and Luke. 
if we looked at all these other ones, all these different levels of detail, one angel named, not named, dazzling clothes, not. Let's look at this. And I'm a musician. So if I say John Lennon was in the Beatles and you say John Lennon and Paul McCartney were in the Beatles, we're both correct. So the fact that, you know, they said, okay, there was uh, one angel at the tomb, and then the other one says he was a young man, and then another one says they were in dazzling, they're all correct, right? Just one has more detail. If somebody says John Lennon, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, and George Harrison were in the Beatles, they are the most accurate. None of them are wrong if somebody says, yeah, George Harrison and Paul McCartney were in the, Bible, were in the Beatles. That's true, too. None of them are wrong. It's just some are more detailed. It's not like the Bible is saying, you know, uh, there was um, only one cult that Jesus, no. It just says he was on a cult. It'd be like me saying Paul McCartney is the only Beatle. That's a difference, right? Another one is, did the centurion outside Capernaum ask Jesus to heal his servant, or was it someone else who came to Jesus? Well, Matthew 8, 5 says it was the centurion. Luke 7, 3 through 6, says a centurion sent two Jewish elders uh, and basically to, to speak on his behalf. Today, it's reported in the news from time to time that uh, a president of a country has stated something. But many times, this is a prepared statement that is delivered by a press secretary who said it on their behalf. And in that scripture, the centurion mentions that Jesus' power is much like other chains of command. He only needed to say the word, and those under his command um, would, would do their bidding. And and so it's probably, uh, here's a case where when somebody says, you know, the king of so-and-so said such and such. Well, okay, but it probably was his press secretary. He actually didn't say it. So in the same way, by saying that the centurion didn't actually go, well, he sent somebody, which in most cases is the same thing, Right. How did Jesus die? Matthew 27, 5 says he went out. I'm sorry, how did I say Jesus? How did Judas die? This is one of the most contradictory. I mean, this comes up a lot. Matthew 27, 5 says he went out and hung himself. Acts 1.18 tells us he fell and his body split open, spilling out all his intestines. Now, this one I can actually speak of personally. I worked for a company that went out and did inspections on properties uh, for banks. Now, in some cases, the properties were being foreclosed upon and we would end up finding houses in really, really bad conditions. Now, in one instance, unfortunately, the homeowner had actually hung himself from a tree in the backyard. Now, the inspector didn't see him at the time. It was a very large backyard, and he was way, way, way off in the distance. Now, when a body that is dead is outside and in the sun, gases are going to build up in that body, and if it's left alone, those gases will cause the body to explode. It's not pretty, but it's we're, this is a fact, folks. I, I, I know this firsthand. Um, if that's the case, both these scriptures could be accurate. He hung himself, died out in the sun in the day, and, and nature takes its course. Now, others say that Jesus hung himself over a cliff and the branch broke, which would then catapult his body down the cliff. If that was the scenario... Both of those, again, would be accurate. And that's just some. That's just some of the contradictions. But you can see where different 
details, level of details, different points of view in some cases. It, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It's, it's just a different slant. They're not really contradicting each other. And some people go, well, how is the Bible transcribed? I mean, come on, that thing is old. Well, most of the newer translations, like the NIV and others, they go back to the original documents with the best translators on the planet. So many people think that Bible translations are like the telephone game where you, you tell one person and, and they give them a phrase and they tell another person and they tell another person and then finally the last person states what they heard and you find out that much of what was said was lost in translation. This is not the case with the Bible, especially with the, you know, the newer translations. They go back to the original. We are not translating a translation. The original documents were written by scribes. These were people who were just mind-boggling exact. More than 5,600 Greek manuscripts contain uh, parts or all of the New Testament. This is an amount that is far beyond that of any other ancient book. 5,600 manuscripts, right? All are parts of the New Testament. Now, if you compare that to Homer's Iliad, and where there's only seven copies, um, I'm sorry, or seven copies of, of Plato, you know, these old, and nobody's questioning these writings for accuracy. When you compare the copies of the New Testament, the manuscripts are nearly perfect. They're basically much more accurate than any of these other writings. Now, if you look at uh, the Hindu Mahabharata, I believe is how you pronounce that, there's approximately 260,000 lines, and it's 90% accurate. Homer's Iliad, 15,600 lines, it's 95% accurate. The New Testament is 20,000 lines and is 99.98% accurate when compared with that same document written at that time. Now, there was a time gap. That's what other people bring up too. When the items happened and when it was written. Here again, the Bible is in better shape than other documents. The New Testament was written 500 to 100 years A.D., and the earliest copy is 100 to 300 A.D. So there's a difference of, of 30 to 250 years. Now, if you compare that to Homer, Plato, or Aristotle, you'll see a time gap of, of 500 years for Homer or 1,400 years for Aristotle. Now, authors of the New Testament wrote almost all of it within 40 years of Jesus' crucifixion, and really all of it within 65 years. Now, 40 years is a long time to remember, but the authors were able to cross-reference each other and keep each other accurate. And some people say, well, the, there are certain books in the Bible that were excluded, like the, the book of Timothy. And the reason for that is that was written way, way, way later than these, and consequently could be inaccurate. And that's why it's not included. So when you have somebody come up to you and they're saying, you know, hey, you know what? The Bible's full of contradictions. Well, number one, don't take it personal. Don't get upset. Don't get mad. Simply ask that person, well, which ones, you know, of the contradictions in the Bible, which one do you find the most contradictory? Because you'll find that many people are just walking around going, ah, it's full of contradictions without actually reading the Bible or verifying what they believe. Another question you, you might ask this person if they're really, really trying to discredit is, is there something in your life that you're afraid that you would have to change or give up if the Bible turns out to be what it claims? The Word of God. 
we talked about God in the last episode. And we kind of verified that the world is just too complex to come about from a big bang. There was a big bang. God said, let it be. And boom, it was. And he has given us a great gift that reveals himself to us in the Bible, the inspired word of God. Now, I will admit it is the inspired word of God, but when you get into some of the Old Testament, it is not inspiring. When they're talking about the Temple of Solomon and they're giving you insane amounts of detail, not inspiring. (laughs) But it is a credible resource. If somebody tells you it's full of contradictions, ask for specifics, work with them, do research and find out because you can find all this where these are typically explained. And then work with that person to say, okay, this is the Bible. We've, we've proven that it is a credible historical document. Maybe we should give it a further look. I want to thank you for tuning in to Feeding My Faith. The one thing that's a little different about preaching from a, uh, a digital pulpit There's no feedback, immediate feedback. So I would love your feedback. You can leave a comment on our website. Go to feedingmyfaith.com forward slash three. That'll take you right to this episode where you can see all the scriptures that we mentioned. Leave a comment there. You can call in your comments, 888-563-3228. Or you can leave me an email. Write me one. Would love to hear from you. My email is dave at feedingmyfaith.com. Thank you so much for listening. Tell a friend. And now get out there and testify to the truth. God bless.